Talking Heads is brought to you by FreshBooks. It's smart, mobile accounting designed specifically for freelancers and small business owners. You can try FreshBooks for 30 days on us with no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash talking and enter talking in the how you heard about us section. What's the proper way to party? How about why does anyone care how people party? We're the fun sponges, people. Get over your hot takes and stop being the ultimate party fouls. And welcome to the latest edition of Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein in my basement in Connecticut. March 3rd is in Washington, D.C. Hello, Mark. Hello, Bram. Did you go on the Gronk boat? (laughs) No, you know, I didn't. And I've seen clips of it, obviously. And listen, that guy is a force of nature. Part of me, if I were 20 years younger, I would have found a way to be on that boat. But now I feel like the old guy that either can't hang or everyone would look over and be like, uh, whose grandfather came to the Gronk boat? We don't want this dude here. See, I'm with you. I'm too old for it, unfortunately. I'm too old right. for it. it. It's semi, it's not even really appealing actually anymore, which is, that's an interesting change in life too. When you reach a certain age where you go, I don't even really want to do that. Um, for those of you who don't know exactly what we're talking about, Rob Gronkowski, the partying tight end of the New England Patriots, who might be the best tight end ever, um, and is clearly one of the all-time greatest partiers in terms of, of publicity in the way he parties after events and during his off-seasons, um, through some kind of event on a cruise line where 700 people came onto a boat and took a cruise around with Gronk and all his bro friends. And if you, you just go online and look at it, it's exactly like you might think. <laughs> right. It's like something straight out of Girls Gone Wild. I mean, it is outrageous. And then I, my favorite part of it was the boat wasn't all for this. 1,600 other people on the boat had no idea they were getting on the boat that had this specific party <laughs> on it. So there was like kids and grandparents and all these other people who had no clue that what they were walking into was, you know, girls gone wild, um, I guess, toned down to some degree. So they had this. So he had this big giant party. And I'm with you. I'm like a little too old to be envious anymore. I don't think I could handle it if I got on that boat. No, my partying these days, I'm like great for like one night. I can give you like a Sandy Koufax effort, nine innings, shutout ball, but then guess what? I'm not doing anything for like the next three or four days. So that's, you know, so to go on one of these type of cruises would be utterly pointless for me. And to be honest with you, I've played that game and I've done that and I don't really... I don't really want to rage like that anymore. It's just yeah. not it's just not who I am anymore. I'm done with Lake Havasu. I'm done with Daytona Beach Spring Break. Yes. I'm done with South Padre Island. You know, I'm really done with Mardi Gras. Like basically I can't do things like that anymore. I'm glad I had those experiences. In yes. The past. But but and this is the the part I want to get to. This is this is where I want to get to. I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me. I used to do it. It's not something I want to do now. What I'm curious about, because reporters were invited and went on the boat and reported about the partying, because Rob Gronkowski certainly does not care that you write about his private life, and this was part of his private life. This was not a throne party, and he's not going to show up at it. No, he's shirtless, wearing barely anything. <laughs> And openly discussing how many girls he's probably going to fornicate with, you know, and so and so he doesn't mind that. But right. he's the only person I know in professional sports right now that completely gets away with this. Yeah, who else gets away with this? Nobody, Nobody else gets away with this. Yeah, I, 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 it's it's astonishing. And the sort of double standard about it is you sort of like, oh, that's just Gronk being Gronk. You know, you're like, ah, it's just he's just a big shaggy dog and. 
whatever, you know, uh, he's sort of lovable and, and whatever. But if anybody else is doing this, and, and I know there's some names we're going to mention here in a little bit, maybe a quarterback who may, may or may not still be playing for the Cleveland Browns, if he does this kind of stuff, and you know, it's like, whoa, whoa, you can't be acting like that. You can't do that. And oh, I'm he's sort- got to go to rehab. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm surprised that Goodell hasn't really come down with a hammer and said, we can't have you acting like this. We, like, Where's Belichick on this? Yeah, Belichick kicks people off the team for almost nothing. Yeah. This is crazy. He's like completely, utterly okay with it because the guy's great, I guess. Is that what it is? Because the guy's great? Well, we know that greatness can create double standards. And, and I know you and I have certainly heard a lot of stories, about, of the legendary stories about John Riggins during his time here. And he sort of got to do... Things in a different way because they knew come Sunday he was going to give it all and he was going to help you win. So, you know, it's certainly not a new thing with that. But in this day and the age of the NFL and the scrutiny that's on these players, certainly if I were Gronk's agent, I'd be like, no. <laughs> God knows what kind of videotape is going to leak out onto dead But it spin. doesn't work against him, though. That's the crazy part of it. And, like, it again, I want to reemphasize, and I think you and I are on the same page about this, like, I don't con- I don't have a problem with it at all. No, I don't nor care. Do I. Like I lived my life like that. I did not mind being part of things like that. I went to foam parties in Cancun. I'm glad nobody taped them, but I it's not like I'm not going to sit here and cast judgment on it. And I know you've been in plenty of dark corners in your life too. You don't care. Like no. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. What I'm amazed by though is everyone seems to care about every little thing that might be on the outskirts of morality in professional sports, except this guy who got yeah. some kind of crazy free pass for the whole thing. Yeah, it really is. I mean, he's he's been photographed with porn stars. He's he clearly is living out. You know, he's drawn outside the the, the lines here. And 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 again, I don't have a problem with it. And. I, it sort of makes me laugh that he can do this and and pretty much consequence free at this point of his career. I, I just I not really after the Super Bowl loss a few years back, he was taped dancing on like a broken shoulder or something and fell down. Oh yeah, and I remember people that. were like, remember that? Yes. And people were like, What? <laughs> like, are you yeah. kidding? Like your career you're you're risking your career at this moment. And then, but everyone just laughed it off, and they're like, "That's Gronk for you." I'm telling you, if Cam Newton went oh. and threw a party on a boat, oh. people would call him not a leader and a terrible person, and they would not let him get away with it. Or Johnny Manziel, who, I mean, frankly, has not played well enough to to get any kind of leash at all. But like, he does the same things that Gronk does. Put, put aside the, you know, the there's no domestic violence charges against Rob Gronkowski. There's nothing that is even seemingly illegal about what's going on. And Manziel does have those issues. But before those issues came up, and those are new issues for him, he was doing the same thing. He was going to Vegas with his friends, shirtless, with a bunch of drunk women around him, taking pictures of it, and partying. And people went crazy on this guy about it saying how what a terrible person he is and he's not a leader and he'll never be great i don't know how gronk got into this preferred status of great partiers and we're okay with it but it is a gift that's been given to him and it's a gift i think should that should be a, a at least allowed for some other people maybe not manzel but some because he might be a bad example here right but other people 
who go out, they hide this aspect of themselves because they fear the repercussions. This guy invited reporters to watch the festivities up close and in person. He gave them invitations to do it. It's crazy that he gets away with this and no one else does. Do you think part of that, and and I'm just thinking of this right now, is it because he's not a quarterback and he's a tight end? Like we, because we, we 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 place so much burden on guys who are quarterbacks, Manziel, Brady, Peyton Manning, and, and you know, and, and Cam, that they have to act like leaders. They have to lead the perfect life at all times because otherwise they're you know they're they're throwing everything into ruin. Whereas a tight end, you're like, eh, he just lines up outside and he's going to catch a ball and whatever. But we don't maybe expect as much from a guy at that position. Is it is it a positional thing on some level? I don't know. I, I, it's something about his personality. I like, think there's, there's a lot something, of that. There's just something about him that people go, yeah, that guy parties. Like, and I'm okay with that guy partying. And it's really, you know, every if he's allowing reporters on it, then he's, you know, probably not doing anything illegal or that he's nervous about. Or it's not, it's just clean, fun, well, clean, I guess, whatever your definition of clean is. But clean, <laughs> right. fun Partying. You know, like you see where the night goes, there's going to be a lot of alcohol. Girls are going to be involved. But like as long as everyone's consenting and happy, which is what seemingly is going on here. I mean, it's like a beach party wherever he goes. Yes. <laughs> He's having a giant bonfire wherever he goes. He, it's a giant bonfire. Right. Every like the world around him is one big party. And, and I'll say this. I mean. He's in his, what, late 20s, 28, something like that. Something like that. He is an enormous. And he's single. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's single. He's living like, I mean, I would, I think, I'd like to think that if I were in his position, I'd want to do the same thing. Be like, are you kidding me? I'm at the peak of my profession. I'm one of the greatest players in my profession. He's and got a lot of money. I got a lot he's of money. very popular. Right. He's a good looking guy. Yeah, you let's know, have and fun. And like girls are attracted to him. Like, what is he supposed to do? Not do this? But most guys don't, or if they do, they certainly don't publicize it right. because they are scared of the repercussions from the league, from the fans, from the media. And this guy has none of that. I don't know how he got this preferred status, but if I was other players around the league, I would be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, how did this even happen? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And the only thing, the more he does these kind of things, at some point, it's inevitable, I think, that something's going to come out. Somebody's going to have some sort of complaint, you know, or, or that, that, you know, inappropriate actions with a girl or yes. something like that. And that's when it's like, okay, you know, we can't let you do that anymore. And at that point, the league and the team should really look at themselves and be like, how did we give them this long of a leash to start with, you know? Well, no one knows what happened with the defensive guy, Collins, right? Remember remember that, the playoff game where he uh, he showed up at the police station with his shirt off? Oh. Remember all that? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, okay. Well, the, the rumor was he was at Gronk's house. <laughs> oh, really? You know? I didn't hear yeah, that. Well, that was the rumor. That was the rumor that, he, you know, he was at Gronk's house that night and, like, <laughs> you know, whatever happened, happened. But, again, it was just, like, total free pass. Like, it's really it's it's amazing. I guess we've had a lot through the years. We've had people like this, like Joe Namath was a famous partier. Oh, yeah. It was a different time, though. I guess, again, like there was a kind of a different time. The the reporters used to drink with the players after games at baseball clubhouses. That was like commonplace I, back then. Mickey Mantle used to go out and get drunk with reporters. That's like widely known that that was that that's the way things were. In my eight years covering a team, there was no way. I mean, there wasn't even alcohol in the locker room, and they severely frowned with you having any kind of relationship with the media outside of the stadium and the purview of their practice facility. Like, they didn't want anything like that going on because they didn't want me reporting anything about anything that was happening. 
but there are some guys that seem to get away with it. I mean, even like the Washington Capitals are having a great year. Alex Ovechkin is a heavy partier, heavy drinker, and was maybe it was a lot worse earlier in his career. But, like, it was widely known he was, but he didn't publicize it like this. No. Like, it was never just out there. Like, hockey players are notoriously big-time party guys, like Gronk, on a nightly basis. But you don't hear a lot about it because they're protected and they're concerned about what it means for them in the media. For some reason, Gronk's risen above all of that. There's, I, have, there, I have two stories for you. When I covered the Nationals, there was a reliever named Gary Majeski who was a tremendously great dude. And it was, you know, probably August. It was towards the end of the season. And, I, you know, we're in the clubhouse, and I'm, you know, going over the game with him. And he reaches into a cooler and pulls out a beer. And he looks at me and goes, hey, man, you want one? And I was yeah. like, I absolutely do. Um, but I'm, I do. I'm pretty sure that if I accept that, I'm going to lose my credentials, and they're never going to want me back here, even though right. I can't think of anything cooler than sitting in a clubhouse having a beer with a ball player. I was like, yeah. So, But I did not take him up on that. And there was another occasion where I was with, oh, I can't remember. It was Ryan Zimmerman and and somebody. I think somebody that played for the Redskins. And I was at a New Year's Eve party, and and they and we and I I met these guys a couple of times. Don't ask me how I was at this party with these guys. And we're all talking before the party really got going. And I said, Hey guys, I just want you to know, whatever happens tonight is off the record. And they sort of nodded. And I go, No, I'm not talking about for you guys. I'm talking about me because I'm gonna get, <laughs> I'm gonna get shit faced and out of hand, and this is all <laughs> off. The- record and Zimmerman started laughing so hard he's like all right I want to hang with you for a little bit and it yeah. was it was fun you know and, and I I probably did get more wasted than those guys that night but it but I loved to be able to sort of hang out with guys on that in, in that scene it was it was it was cool I, I don't know I, but again different stage of my life you mentioned Riggins um you know when I worked with him and you worked with him he was retired long retired right. he was working at the radio station and he's Mount Rushmore of Redskin fans yes. you know, he's one of the all-time favorite cult figures of the Redskins organization John Riggins and um I'll never forget one night we had this thing called fight night in uh, but I guess he didn't really he everyone knew he was a big you know partier anyway he doesn't care anymore he's long you know he's his legacy is solidified right, he can do whatever he wants right. but but you spend a night out with him you get this like this slice of his life cuz this is every night for him and he's a rock star, and we we took so we had this thing called Fight Night, which was like a um, it's like a fundraiser, but they have boxing events inside this hotel. It's hard to explain, but it's really cool. Anyway, and everyone shows up in tuxedos, and it's a cool event. And then afterwards, there's this after party. Riggins gets really really drunk at this <laughs> event, right? I mean, like obliterated drunk, like and can't believe he's functioning. And he's a large, large guy. So now there's you know huge dude ambling around, and we ended up going to this after party. And I mean. The things I saw, you know, because people are coming up to him and he's hiking crystal footballs to people, you know, <laughs> drunk. So who knows what's going to happen you know, at, at women, you know, and, you know, he doesn't mean any harm, but he's a big dude and he's hiking a crystal football at her head. I mean, she better catch that thing. Or, right. you know, we're going to have a problem. He's down in shots with people. He's calling people baby cakes. He's putting his arms around people. And it's wild. And you're seeing this happen live. And, you, and I'm sitting there going like, there's a lot of players that do this, you know, but for some reason. This guy got away with it, and I it, and I, I think I just want to. Really, my point is party on. Yeah. I'm happy. happy. I'm happy that someone's allowed to do this because I think it's just been so ridiculous the restrictions we put on people's personalities to play these sports. Like they have to act a certain way. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Just let them be themselves. Exactly. You know? like, get out of here. Enjoy the moment while you can. Just don't do anything wrong and and have fun with it. Enjoy because this is a this is a unique point in in anybody's life where you're al- you're able to do these kind of things and. I don't know. Uh, it's pretty cool. But look, we mentioned Johnny Manziel. Obviously, he's a guy that can't do that anymore. No. 
He can't. And he, he's retweeting tweets from Charlie Sheen, who's, who's, who's writing supportive messages to him. When Charlie Sheen, <laughs> when yeah. Charlie Sheen wrong is the voice yeah, wrong of team. reason in your life, you need to reassess every decision you're making. Because he's the cautionary tale of all cautionary tales because we we were okay with him partying for right. a long time. Right. And, and like, we were okay with that. And then it got so out of hand. You know, he became, like, bunker mentality weirdo, you know, where he was, like, consistently, like, really, really, really high and doing those weird, like, uh, like videos, like uh, hostage videos from his own house. Yeah, Remember that stuff was going on? Yeah. And he was doing the winning stuff? That was crazy. Like, that's when it goes too far. Yeah, and and, and then, yeah, the, I mean, the, he was just way off the reservation for that stuff. And then you find out, obviously, now, you know, the repercussions of that lifestyle. Obviously, he's he's confirmed that right. he's HIV positive, and, and, you know, he's trying to, I guess, maybe trying to be a voice for people who were out there being like, hey, maybe you should pump the brakes a little bit. And he sees yeah. Manziel, and Manziel is just out of hand. I mean, yeah, he just, I mean, and like you talked about with Gronk, it's like it appears to be appears to be this sort of innocent beach party with Manziel. It is definitely taking uh, has taken uh, a darker turn now. You know, you have these you know incidents of alleged domestic abuse and, you know, just all, the cops continually seem to be involved in his life. And it's like, yeah, man. You have got to get under control or, yes. you know, you, it's going to be a 30 for 30 about, you know, like, remember, remember Johnny Manziel? Where is he now? He's living under a bridge right now, you know? But the early partying, though, the early stuff before all this other stuff came out, like, it, it was him, like, drunk on an inflatable goose, you know? And, like, him with sunglasses on inside, holding money up to his ear, laughing with girls all around him and a, a copious amount of alcohol. Like... That's no different than what was happening on that boat. Nothing. Right. There's not. Is not. It, that is. Com, that is an apples to apples comparison. And yet, one guy got away with it, and the other guy did not. And I think a lot more guys are going. I don't want to be cast like Johnny Manziel because they don't think they can get away with it like the way Gronk does. I mean, listen. Even extraordinarily famous people and noted partiers like Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods and people like that who we know now go out a ton and went out a ton. Maybe didn't party like that. They partied in their own way. They did not publicize it. It was not publicized because they feared what would happen. Gronk has somehow fallen into like some kind of Chris Farley mode where people just like him for it. It's like, okay. It's like, okay for it. And that's a bad comparison too because I don't want an ending like that. No, but no. It, again, like Chris Farley was kind of America's party guy because he looked the part, he acted the part, he sounded the part, and people were like, you know what? That's the guy I want at my frat party. That's the guy. Yeah. And that's what Gronk is. They want that guy. They don't want the other guy at the frat party. They just want this guy. Right. Well, and you, you brought up uh, Joe Namath uh, a little while ago, and Joe is one of the legendary partiers of all time. And remember what happened when he was on the sideline with Susie Colbert? You know? Oh, yes. Then all he of a sudden, then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, I want to kiss you. I, it was like... And, and, and there's some people who are laughing. There's some people who are, like, recoiling in horror. And what came of that was that Joe had to come out. And I, I, I don't know if he actually went to rehab, but he's like, oh, i got to get my right. life under control. And it was like even Joe Willie Namath got called to the carpet at some point. So it's, yeah, you know. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, old drunk guys at the party, that's never fun. Right. right. That, that, and, and <laughs> the part, like, me and you have hit our 40s and we go, I appreciate the Gronk boat. I have no desire to be on the Gronk boat. Yeah. Joe Namath apparently was still on the Gronk boat, yeah. <laughs> but the it, ship had sailed. Yeah, at some point, and it sucks. It's one of the worst things about getting old is when you when you walk into a bar, and I remember seeing these guys when I was younger, and you see a dude with, like, graying hair, and you're like, 
what the hell are you doing here with us? You know, screw you. This is our this is our scene. And then, you know, now as I'm older and I've got the gray hair, you walk into a bar, it's like a record scratch and there's silence, and everyone looks up and you can hear them being like, whose dad just showed up? Oh, my God, what is this dude doing? And you're like, oh, man, I you know what? I can't do it anymore. And you just got to recognize that because the guys that cling to that, they're the worst. It's just like you got to let it go. Time in yeah, your life, it it's come and it's gone, and now I'm in a different phase. Yeah, at least on the boat, though, from all the reports I read, it doesn't sound like the old people who are on the boat seem to have much of a problem with it, nor slowed down the Gronk train for a second. So great. I, I, again, I, I, I sit and laugh at it, and I hope that it continues to re- remain sort of this innocent sort of party fun, but it, it's, yeah, party on, as you said. Party on, Gronk. Every great team has a strong support system to back them up. Same goes for your business, and FreshBooks is here to help. For the best way to manage your books and make tax season easy, get FreshBooks, a super intuitive tool that makes creating and sending invoices extremely simple for freelancers and small business owners. FreshBooks stands out where it really counts, getting you paid. You can create and send professional invoices in just 30 seconds. You'll see exactly when your client looked at the invoice you've emailed. Ooh. Track the status of all that outstanding invoices for you. FreshBooks can even send late payment reminders to your clients automatically, which means you're not wasting time chasing down and fighting those clients for those payments. The results speak for themselves. FreshBooks users usually get paid five days faster on average. Don't just take my word for it. Right now, FreshBooks is offering my listeners 30 days of unrestricted use, totally free, and you don't need a credit card to sign up. Just go to FreshBooks.com talking and enter talking in the how you heard about us section. That's FreshBooks.com talking. Enter talking in the how you heard about us section. And welcome back to Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein in my basement in Connecticut, Mark Stearns in Washington, D.C. There is no Gronk parties in my basement in Connecticut. <laughs> it's never, ever happened. <laughs> I want to hear more about the foam parties in Cancun. I've never heard those stories. Yeah, no, if we have another show, I'll do that for you at another time. So <laughs> more on that. Stay tuned. Um, Let's uh, get into Kobe Bryant uh, this week for uh, for a minute. Um, this retirement tour is turning into the best retirement tour. I mean, the sad part is is that his team is awful, so it is like unbearable to watch. You know, here's this great, great, great player with a team that that literally cannot win with him around him, and he's just not good enough to carry him. So they're not even like going to even sniff the playoffs. So this retirement tour is is winding down. We're only a couple of months away from the end of Kobe Bryant. So this is odd. We've lost Derek Jeter. We're losing Kobe Bryant. Some major, major names, probably Peyton Manning, major, major names are retiring out of sports over the last year to two years. But the one good thing that I love about this particular one that we didn't get with Jeter, we didn't get with Manning, is in basketball, massive, earth-shifting, rotating trades can occur and do occur in that league and how different everything for everybody would be if any of these things happen. And what's happened over the last couple of weeks as he's gone through this retirement tour is Kobe has been wide open about the speculation about a number of things that almost happened in his career, like twice almost being traded to Chicago. So everyone knows, and especially early in his career, just go look at him early. The mannerisms, the pattern of speech, Everything was to try to be exactly like Michael Jordan, and he almost was twice. He almost was traded to Chicago. He even said in one of the reports, 
that he and his wife looked for houses in Chicago. It was that close that he was almost a bull and almost literally followed in the footsteps of Michael Jordan. That's amazing. I was astonished when I read that. Not only looking at houses, checking out schools. I mean, they were going deep into that. They were like, yeah. And they talked to him about, you know, well, would you have been intimidated by the legacy of Jordan? He's like, no. Come on. I mean, look, look, I'm Kobe Bryant. I'm not going to shy away from that kind of stuff. He's like, it would have been really cool to try and carry on that legacy of Jordan. And, man, that would have been something to see him play in Chicago with a healthy Derrick Rose. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Chicago Bulls fans would have been like, oh, my God, this would have been a second chance for glory for us. Uh, and, and you're right, those sort of, like, seismic shifts that can occur, really, you know, really not in a whole lot of leagues, but specifically in the NBA, and, and a superstar of his caliber at that stage of his career, because I think we're talking about 2000. And then maybe again in 2007 yes. is when these things may have happened. I mean, as, as a young guy, it would have it would have changed the face of the league in a lot of ways. Well, so 2004 was when he and Shaq had to break up, right? And so one of them had to go, and then he admits he goes, once Shaq got his way and got out, they he knew they weren't going to trade him, so he stuck there. Well, they stunk for a few more years, right? Because they didn't have Shaq anymore; they were rebuilding the team, and this is before they got Pau Gasol and all that stuff, and turned that team around and made them a title, you know, champion again. And in 2007, he wanted out again. And so both times nearly Chicago. And then the other one came up. And this would have been maybe the all-time trade. All-time, all-time if it actually happened. Apparently, they called Cleveland and tried to get LeBron James. And they offered Kobe Bryant. Can you imagine the Kobe Bryant for LeBron James trade? Because there's no telling what would have happened after that. Would Cleveland have already won championships if Kobe Bryant was there? Would LeBron have never left L.A. and gone to Miami and just built on the legacy of the Los Angeles Lakers by winning a bunch of championships there under Phil Jackson? How crazy are the uh, uh, is that particular scenario that that could have happened where, I mean, Cleveland would have been nuts to trade LeBron James to anybody, but it seemingly almost happened and Cleveland at least listened to it because they weren't winning with LeBron and LeBron was probably quietly unhappy as exemplified by him leaving a couple years later. Yeah, you wonder if that might have been the better move for them at that point and saying, listen, we can get something great for this and they didn't get anything. I mean, they they were, you know, an afterthought when he went to Miami. So, I mean, the idea, just when you said it right there, the idea of LeBron playing in Los Angeles one of the most storied franchises in the league, and playing with Phil Jackson, arguably the greatest coach in the history of the league, that would have been something special to watch. I mean, I can't think of... I mean, it's very rare that people in their prime that are super megastars get traded for one another. That is so unbelievably rare that that actually happens. And in basketball, it's like... The guy has to be walking out the door like it's, you know, they, they traded, you know, they'll trade Dwight Howard because he's refusing to resign with them. Like right. It comes down to that. Like Oklahoma City is not trading Kevin Durant to anybody. They will. If he's going to threaten to literally walk out the door, they will work something out to try to get something back in return. But they are not going to trade him. They're not going to trade Russell Westbrook. And the idea that both of those players, that those two in particular, because Kobe Bryant's the bridge from. Michael Jordan to LeBron James, that those two could have been traded for one another. This is what's going to go down in history. In the order of the great players of the NBA, it's going to be Magic and Larry, Michael and Isaiah to a certain degree, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. 
Yeah. That's the order. And two of them in their prime were nearly traded for one another, and one of them almost went to the place where Michael played. Holy crap. I mean, those are revelations of all-time revelations, and the world of basketball would be so entirely different if any of those things happened, any of them. It's so rare. You're, you're, you're 100% right. It's so rare for superstars, not just good players or stars, superstars to get traded. It reminds me, I don't know if you've ever heard this, the, the, the stories that the Red Sox and the Yankees got very hot and heavy back in the, I guess it was late 30s, early 40s, of uh, trading Joe DiMaggio for Ted Williams, straight up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, can you, now, I'm a, I'm a diehard Red Sox fan, and I, I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll even do the, the Boston voice. Oh, my God, you can't fucking trade Teddy Ballgame. I don't fucking care if it's Joe D. We fucking love this guy here. I can't imagine what would have, I mean, how history would have been different. I don't think DiMaggio would have helped the Red Sox win a World Series, and who knows what Ted Williams would have done playing in Yankee Stadium and with those great teams. I mean, he would have won, you know, probably five or six more World Series. It was crazy. Imagine imagine Kobe goes to Cleveland and wins a championship there, and so now LeBron can't do this come home and save the franchise thing. Right. Yeah. How no, much is that? It He's changes. only in Cleveland now to solidify his legacy as the greatest Cleveland athlete of all time, to try to surpass Jim Brown. If he can yeah. do something that that franchise has never done and nothing in that city has happened in a, in a half a century – you know, then he solidifies himself that way. If Kobe had already done it, <laughs> which is distinctly possible, he won multiple championships after that season. So it's possible it could have happened. Like, it's crazy. And by the way, LeBron might have been so successful in Los Angeles and loved playing with Phil Jackson. He might have said, I love Cleveland, but you know what? My career has become the Los Angeles Lakers. And how can you leave? I could see it easier to leave the Miami Heat and even the success that they had, then leaving the Lakers in that scene out there if he'd gone out there. So I think yeah, Phil Jackson would still be coaching. That's what I think. I think yeah. Phil Jackson would still be coaching right now. Because yeah. Phil Jackson, probably, he, he wrote about it. He was tired of Kobe Bryant. In his book, he wrote about that. The first time around when he wanted him to, when he was like, I'm done with this stuff. And then Phil took a break and came back and coached them up again. If he had gotten LeBron James at that age... I bet you what, he'd be still be coaching with him, and who knows how many championships the Lakers would have right now. LeBron's been in every finals for like the last six years. Yeah, uh, it's it, it literally changes history. Uh, it, uh, everything that we know and understand about the league would be 100% different. Yeah, and you want to talk about changing history, we'll get to that. Donald Trump might win. Oh, my God. <laughs> On the Edge of Sports podcast, tennis great Martina Navratilova opens up to Dave Zirin about her early life in Czechoslovakia, her defection to the United States, and the current state of politics in her adopted country. Spoiler alert, she is not a huge Donald Trump fan. Find the Edge of Sports podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or edgeofsportspodcast.com. And welcome back to Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein in my basement in Connecticut. Mark Stern is in Washington, D.C. Speaking of Donald Trump, there is a sports link um, to him this week in that it is kind of secret, well, not so secretly, I guess, been revealed that the owners of the Cubs have been uh, politically motivated to uh, support his competitor. I believe it was Marco Rubio, right? They've, they, they have found out, the Washington Post, at least I read, found out that they've been putting money into that, and Trump heard about it, too, and made comments about yeah, it. Yeah, they've been, I think it's not just Rubio, it's like also just basic attack ads against Trump, like, all over just the place. anybody? Yeah, yeah, I think it's like through, you know, Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina, that the Ricketts family, 
family who owns the Cubs have been sort of funding a lot of these negative ad campaigns towards Trump. And of course, Trump catches wind of it as, you know, as these things happen. And it's so funny to watch people engage with Trump. And we talk about sort of the weird past that Gronk, Gronkowski has gotten in his partying. Everything that Donald Trump does politically, anybody else, if they did these things, would be done as a candidate. And Trump gets away with more stuff and says stuff that you're not supposed to be able to say and not only gets through it, he does better because of it. It's completely inexplicable. And so, of course, the Ricketts, you know, are getting engaged with him and Trump fires out. I hear the Ricketts family who owns the Cubs are secretly spending money against me. They better be careful. They have a lot to hide. I mean, he's not afraid to call anybody out. I mean, he got into it with a pope the other week. You want to know what the worst is about this now? What's that? He's going to win. If the if the Cubs are betting against you, well, they never win. <laughs> I mean, I hate to so, say it. Oh, man, it's over. Yeah, I listen. There, by the time people hear this, who knows what'll ha- what'll have happened in the Nevada caucuses and all that kind of stuff. And Super Tuesday is coming up next week. But at this point, Donald Trump appears to be the prohibitive favorite to be the Republican nominee. And I, I keep waiting. The Republicans got to figure this out. I, I remember the first show we did, we had Chris Eliza from The Fix on The Washington Post. And I remember it was the first interview we did on this show, which we didn't do a lot of interviews on this show. But the, one of the first ones we did, and I said to him, I go, there's no way the Republicans are going to let this happen. They're going to find a way to stop it. And I still believe that. I still believe that. Because no one in, in that party's right mind can think it's a good thing that he actually has the nomination. That can't be good for their party. It has to stop at some point. And they've got to find a way to stop it. I don't honestly I think they're scrambling now, but everything that I'm reading because now listen, I'm an armchair political guy, um, but everything I'm reading is, is it's it's almost too late. Once they start getting into this heavy primary season, if he starts racking up delegates, you know, there's there's not much anybody can do unless somebody just says, screw it, I'm going to run as an independent, even though everybody knows I'm a Republican and we'll try and steal votes that way. But, you know, who knows how that could play out? This is this is scary. I mean, it, the things he says are scary. I mean, it's funny to us because it's been I- extraordinarily entertaining. I, I've never been as engaged in the political process as I am now because he's such a wild card and he's such a provocateur and he's such an entertainer. You don't know what he's going to do or say. And so that's really interesting because, I, you know, listen, everybody just starts falling asleep when people like Jeb Bush and Rubio and Cruz and those guys and Hillary and Bernie and they just start talking policy. It's straight over my head. It's boring. It's things that may or may not even be accomplished in those four years. It's just policy talk. It's people telling them this is what voters is. These are the talking points that voters want to hear about that help you get. And so it's like a systematic lie. And this guy's not doing that. And so for that perspective, I really enjoy it. And I mean, he took down Jeb Bush. He took Jeb Bush. He took a Bush family member who was a front runner crushed of the electoral race. In February, yeah. he took that guy down. That is amazing that he was able to, of all the things he's accomplished in his life, this is unbelievable that he's accomplished this, that he's been able to do this. But what he does say is scary. And I saw Ezra Klein did a whole thing about this from Vox, and, and you probably hear it on his podcast as well. And I couldn't agree more. This is scary now. This is. I saw President Obama say something to the effect of, this is not hosting a reality show. This is a very serious job. You have to have diplomacy. You have to understand world politics. You can't have somebody like this in that office. And it's frightening. And so I, I think it's just, it's now gone too far. It's like that John Scott guy in the All-Star game. We got to stop here, people. This was fun while it lasted. Can we let the real person who could be the real leader of the free world get the job and not push this so far that you scare me into moving to Canada? 
Yeah, and it's becoming more and more reality. And um, uh, <laughs> like I said, within a, within like three weeks, we're going to know for sure. I honestly, I mean, it might not be a done deal completely, but if he sweeps through a lot of these primaries and, and as I said, starts racking up delegates, because Cruz and, and Rubio aren't really making a big run, and, and, and Kasich is, you know, he's, he's got maybe one last chance to if he win Michigan or Ohio or something like that, but that's a ways off, and obviously Carson's useless. So, no, yeah, if Trump wins, we, we may need to, to flee the country. I mean, and, you know, listen, he's going to probably get Hillary. In the end, he's probably going to get Hillary. Yes. And Bill. And, boy, Bill better have those debate shoes ready to go. Yeah. Because this guy is going to crush them, at least in terms of their background. He's going to use it. He's going to kill them. He's a bully. He knows how to push buttons. He has got, they are set up. They are ducks being shot at by multiple hunters. <laughs> okay. They're trouble. This is trouble now. So, I listen, I just hope. I, I appreciate what he's done here. I would love for him to be, I don't know, the commissioner of a league. I think he'd be hilarious, you know, <laughs> if he was something like that. That would be great. You know, I just don't want him having the authority to push the button. I, I just think that's a big mistake. I don't think you can do that. This is bad. You can't call people rapists. You can't have the, the level of diplomacy that he has. You can't call women fat pigs. I mean, you cannot be in that office and be like that. And so I think at some point, America is going to wake up. And if they don't, I'm going to take up that offer from that Canadian island. There, there's, a, there's an ad campaign of some <laughs> deserted Canadian island that's like, hey, we need people. And if Trump's your president... Come on now. <laughs> we got plenty of room here, and we're not nuts. It's actually hysterical when you read their their pitch to people. I think it's like off of Nova Scotia, Scotia or something like that. The Breton Islands, I think. You know, it's it's somewhere near Maine in Canada. And it's it's probably pretty cold, but they're like, hey, listen, we're not crazy, and we got lots of room, and it's affordable houses around here. Come on in if Trump gets to be president. I just, I just love that. It's a great campaign. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm seriously thinking about it. <laughs> I'm seriously thinking about it. Like there are, you know, there are a few things that will turn me off to, you know, to our society, and this is one of them. It's just like this guy can't win. This cannot happen. You know, this this can't happen. This cannot happen. So I, I might take them up on that. All right. Last quick little story. I will. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I will say this though. The thing I would look forward to most is if Trump won, is the State of the Union. Because he would treat oh. it like a television show, and he'd be like, you know, years past, these guys talk for hours about nothing. We're going to keep it real short. We're doing fucking great, and I kick ass. That's it. Let's go to commercial. Hey, majority leader, you're fired. Yeah, you, you're fired. You fight all of you. You fight, but me, I'm doing great. Isn't this great? Look at us. That's I bet you can't imagine the Supreme Court justices might stand up and boom, <laughs> right or moon them. Like screw you. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg moons them. <laughs> Yeah. It would be funny. It'd be real funny be until f- North Korea invades us. Yeah, you know, exactly. that'd be real. That's not, not funny exactly. anymore. Yeah, then we'd be like, "Oh shit, can we do a recount?" Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know what? Just, just, just think about think about your grandkids because every grandkid will still be in high school and they'll still have to take history class. And this is not what you want them to read. No, they're going to look at you as the dumbest generation of all time. They're going to be like, "He did what?" President. And they voted for who? And he and he. What were his policies like? What the? The hell was wrong with you people? It's like the country went temporarily insane for four years. Yeah. You know, like we, you can't, we cannot do this. This cannot happen. Think about your future. Think about how your grandkids are going to look back on you. <laughs>
President. You do not want them reading this part of the history of America. You don't. There's a lot of parts of the history of America you really don't want them to read. But we should be a little more enlightened in 2016 than to have them read this. Yes. This would be absurd. Yeah, that would that would be a tough. So, Granddad, tell me about the 2016 election. No. 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 Why don't we talk about the Kardashians? That's much more fun. No. Yeah. No. I think I think Donald Trump would be impeached. I, I really actually believe that. I think we would have an impeachment. I don't think it would last very long. It just or or he might even step down. That, that's I think that's what would happen here. I don't think he could last four years in it. No, he'd get bored because because you can't bully the world. You just you can't do it. And you know I think he'll be out of his element. And <laughs> it just would be it would be horrible. It'd be absolutely 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 horrible. So I can't wait to see who he runs with too. That's the other one. Who's he running with? Dennis Rodman. Actually, I've I've got the early <laughs> returns on that. That would be a ticket. I could get behind that ticket because he's got connections to North Korea. So you know what? Boom! That thing's solved right there. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm working with Courtney Love. <laughs> Courtney Love, Secretary of the Interior. Right. And Gronkowski, oh. I want you to be my Secretary of Defense because you're a badass. <laughs> you're a badass, Gronkowski. <laughs> Oh, God, it's just the list of crazy people would be the best. That would be fun. Oh, man, it would be amazing. All right, real quick, I got to tell you about the Alabama dating site. So I read this, uh, that Alabama football fans, I assume football fans, because who's a basketball fan down there? But uh, they have a dating site for fans now called, like, meetbama.com or something like that. Hold on, let me find it. What's this thing called? Uh, BamaMeetup.com. Nice. Bama Meetup. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, we dog. used to call people Bamas when I was in high school, so that's <laughs> actually mildly funny to me that there's something called Bama Meetup, because Bama was not a very nice term that we used for people. Like, he's a Bama. Right. was like, he's an idiot. You know? <laughs> like, BamaMeetup.com is funny for me. Um I I did not I I resisted the urge to look at the website just to see who would be on it because I kind of wanted to check out who's on BamaMeetup.com and I resisted it for the sake of I didn't know what I would say when I brought it up to you. Uh, well, I'm on it right now. You got to register apparently to get on to create an account. You can't just sort of scroll through. Uh, hold on, let me see if I can see members here. Please don't tell me what they look like. No, you got <laughs> no, to gotta do the whole dating thing, like oh, want no, kids, no, no. have kids, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, oh, no. No. No, no, no. Uh, no, I can only imagine, you know, I mean, listen, I'm still single, okay? And I hate to say this, but yes, I have had to do the online dating thing. And it's, I made some good friends. I've also met some horrifying people and where you just want to like, where I want good friends. I, I, There's a turn of events you don't expect to hear. I, I made some good friends. I, well, you know what? I, I went out with this girl and we just hit it off and we became terrific friends. And I was like, oh, and I kind of, all right, well, we're just going to be friends. And, and you know, to this day, she's still a great friend of mine and other people. It's like, do you have any social skills at all? Did you, did you want to bathe today before you came out and met me for drinks? You know, and it's just like, you know, that shit crazy women and i hate it and i and I, like every once in a while i'm like all right i'm done i'm done with all that crap and then you know you look up you know like eight months later you're still singing you're like all right let me just see what's out there and there's uh, let me check again yeah, yeah and it's again. it's always the same it's like going back to Ooh. blockbuster and looking at a movie you're like what do i want to watch it's all the same crap and that's maybe essentially- this one's better well, you know what? If I lived in Mobile, I would you know maybe you know bamameetup.com. I I don't know. I don't all these people already know each other? Like, 
<laughs> like, don't they spend every Saturday together? Like, how? Wh- where are the Where are the people that are the like? Yeah, it's sitting their home. Alabama football fan people. It seems like a pretty shallow pool to be, you know, swimming yeah. through. You know, but I, I I don't know. Maybe there's a guy, you know. <laughs> I think it would take three seconds to go through the site. Did it? Did it? Nope. Nope. Did it? Nope. Did it, yep, nope. 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 <laughs> maybe. Oh, look at you. Maybe. Oh, that's a guy. Yeah, that, like, that dude's a chick. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, that's a mustache. Nope. Yeah. I. So I don't know. I mean, I know. Listen, I know. Living in Washington D.C., the the pool of chicks that some of the sites that I, that I have been on is very small. So like after like a week, you're like, that's it. That's the only single chick. So oh, mm. yeah. Okay. Maybe I am better off moving to Canada. So I don't know. I mean, God bless. God bless for the people who have the the, the faith and the hope to find love on the interweb. I mean, you know what? You know what the good news is, though, for us? What? We can do a Canadian podcast. We can do a Canadian podcast. That's a great idea. They love us. We should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you two Americans doing a fully Canadian podcast. Listen, you. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds like something I'd like to explore. You went up there. You met them. They're wonderful people. Yeah, they are. They'd probably like us. They would. More than you idiots. <laughs> ask us along, you assholes. God. How many times you gotta ask? Jeez, you ugly Americans. Yeah. Yeah, go vote for Donald Trump and don't listen to this. Yeah. Dirtbag. We're gonna go Canadians, eh? I'm gonna go watch yeah. the Maple Leafs play play later on today. Right. Yeah. What are you gonna what are you gonna do today? Go to BamaMeetup.com, <laughs> <laughs> watch videos of the Gronk boat, and vote for Donald Trump. I hate all you people. I'll move it again. <laughs> Goodbye.